everyone and welcome to my podcast hashtag get relationship smarter with me Sheila McIntosh Stewart as we journey together to get relationship smarter sharing together valuable insights tips know-how best practices action points and food for thoughts on how we can all fully maximize our happiness satisfaction and contentment with our everyday love and other relationships in the light of the historical coronation of King Charles III and Queen Camilla, in today's episode, I want to dive into the intriguing question of what is the special secret sauce and the delicious flavors enhancing their rock-solid, happy relationship. I'm even dressed in coronation clothes, as you can see with my beautiful flowers too. So why this topic? Well, who doesn't love a bit of royalty chatter? I do. I hope, like me, you have enjoyed watching and been captivated by the showpiece celebration of the joint coronation of King Charles III and Queen Camilla at Westminster Abbey with its incredible 1,000-year history, grandeur, pomp and ceremony. I have to admit, I was super proud to a Brit on such a day. What is the special secret sauce and the delicious flavoring enhancing King Charles and Queen Camilla's rock-solid relationship and marriage? This is a topic which chimes perfectly well with my quest for us all to hashtag get relationship smarter. At the very heart of Charles and Camilla's special relationship is their incredible love story. Their decades-long friendship and love that has withstood the rocky test of trials and tribulations including divorce, family sagas, adultery etc. Yet they have managed against all the odds to successfully rehabilitate and transform themselves from zero to heroes and taking center stage as king and queen. So what can we learn from Charles and Camilla's love story? Is it that true love really ultimately prevails? But how? I think by holding each other very tightly with love, commitment, dedication, devotion, and dogged refusal to give up or quit. Secondly, I think they have very masterfully served the very choppy waters of negative press and public glare and opinions. And a third, and in fact, perhaps the most important, is the fact that they never, I think, have lost sight of what's truly important to them, namely their deep love and their devotion and wanting to be together no matter what life throws at them. Surely it is very strong proof that nothing in life worth having comes that easily. The new king and queen are 18 years married after tying the knot in 2005 when Camilla became the Duchess of Cornwall. Due to relaxation of the Church of England's stance on divorce in 2002, Charles was very fortunate in being able to marry Camilla and not having to renounce the throne on his remarriage, unlike his uncle, King Edward VIII, who nearly eight years ago was forced to abdicate 
and renounce the throne to marry the woman he loved. Food for thought. We will never know if the coronation that has just happened would actually have happened if the rules had not been relaxed and Charles had been forced to choose between the crown and the woman he loved. Their wedding was a turning point for the royals and they became a blended family like so many other British families today. But as we know, their love journey until this point was littered with drama and obstacles. So let's take a moment to refresh our memories. Prince Charles, as he was then, and Camilla Shand were already friends before he met and married Lady Princess Diana. The young Charles, in his mid-twenties, met Camilla in the early 70s, introduced by a mutual friend. Their friendship blossomed, and at the time, Camilla was stepping out with her beau, Andrew Parker Bowles, a young cavalry officer. By the time Prince Charles went to sea as a naval officer in 1973, the smitten prince had not asked for her hand in marriage. After Charles left for his naval duties, Camilla and Andrew Parker Bowles tied the knot in July 1973. It was said that she was very much in love with him and he was a good choice. So why didn't Charles and Camilla marry then? Perhaps Prince Charles was swayed by his great uncle, Earl Mountbatten, who apparently said she was not suitable to marry a future king as she was not sufficiently highborn or a virgin, which archaically was a tradition at the time, which required a, a king to marry a virgin. Or was it possibly because Prince Charles was simply too young to settle down for something as serious as marriage? So was Camilla very unlucky in being the right woman Prince Charles, but at the wrong place and at the wrong time. Interestingly, the right timing is a crucial deciding factor. Many people are tying the knot. Prince Charles was apparently gutted at the news of her nuptials and apparently said, I suppose the feeling of emptiness will pass. It didn't. 50 years on, he got his girl back and made her queen, even though it seemed unthinkable and impossible at the time. Fate, kismet, call it what you will, but most strongly their dogged determination to be together won the day. But anyway, back to our backstory. By the time Prince Charles was in his 30s, he was under enormous pressure to find a suitable bride. He met and he married the young 21-year-old Lady Diana Spencer in a fairy tale wedding in 1981. I'm sure Prince Charles had every hope and desire to make his marriage to Princess Diana a successful and happy one. But alas, it was not to be. History has shown us just how mismatched and temperamentally unsuited they were to each other on so many levels. And again, their deeply unhappy marriage and divorce is well documented. Camilla and Andrew Parker Bowles divorced in 1995, saying it was a private matter and Charles and Diana divorced a year later in 1986. Acres and acres of coverage document the Wales's unhappy marriage and affairs, and in a TV documentary in 1994, Prince Charles also admitted to having a, rela a close relationship with Camilla, calling her a great friend of mine for a very long time, and she will continue to be a friend for a very long time. Much of the British public blamed Camilla Parker Bowles as she was then for the breakup of the Wales's marriage. 
she experienced much hate, vitriol, anger, and became, sadly for her, one of the most hated women in Britain. After Princess Diana's life was tragically cut short in 1997, Prince Charles and Camilla kept their relationship very quiet, although there was a skillful PR campaign to slowly reintroduce Camilla to public life. In 1999, they both appeared in public for the first time at her sister's birthday party. Gradually, she became more present in public life, all the while quietly working hard, promoting causes in the background. They must have been jubilant when the late queen acknowledged their love and showed her seal of approval at Camilla at a speech she did for at the Grand National, I think in April 2005, saying they, Prince Charles and Camilla, have come through all kinds of terrible obstacles and I wish them well and I'm proud of them. My son is home and dry with the woman he loves. Wow, that was quite a testament. Camilla is now our new queen, having undergone an unbelievable transformation from mistress to monarch. In those early days, she said, apparently, you must be joking when it was suggested she would one day be queen. But it was no joke. 25 years on, she walked down the aisle at Westminster Abbey on her coronation with a choir singing, Vivat Regina Camilla. In this section, I want to explore another very high-profile royal couple by comparison, Ordinary Folk, and what their secret source is in their happy and long marriages. And also to see whether there are any common themes we can uncover, which can help us all to be better informed and to hashtag get relationship smarter. So who else can we choose but our very late queen, Elizabeth II and Prince Philip, because of their long romance and because their marriage really is the stuff of legends and probably one of the greatest love stories of all time. So what was their special secret source and flavor to their very long and happy marriage? So many words pop into my head at this phenomenal marriage. But five main headlines stand out for me. Firstly, picking a winner and staying on course for better or for worse. The late Queen and Prince Philip were an absolute love match. They met. It was love at first sight. They knew instinctively that they were the one. And their 70-year-long marriage was really testament to that. How did they meet? Well, the 13-year-old Queen teenage queen she was, met the very dazzling and charming 18-year-old young naval officer and was said to have fallen head over heels in love on setting eyes on this charming young man. Apparently she told her nanny she never once took her eye off him the whole time. The key thing here is it is not how you started a relationship, but how you journey through it that will determine the longevity of a relationship. And although the queen started well and successfully made the right call and the right judgment in picking the best partner for her life, that was not what made the marriage so successful. It was actually the fact that they 
powered through their lifelong marriage and created a strong partnership infused with love, commitment, dedication, devotion, duty and service, which was really the key driver of the longevity of their relationship. The bottom line is this was an inspiring love story and they are a real lesson to us all and on how to have a long and happy marriage. Now the second point I would like to point to is the fact that together they were absolutely invincible. The very words that her granddaughter Princess Eugenie said of them. Being in it for the long haul, being 100%, in fact 110% steadfast, loyalty, devotion, tolerance, commitment and companionship to each other. The late Queen Elizabeth called Prince Philip my strength and stay. Wow, what a powerful phrase to summarize his constant presence, his strength and his support. I was actually very curious about the word stay, not having come across it in the sort of way that she has said it. And it turns out it's not a very commonly used phrase today. But in fact, stay is an old fashioned term for corset. It's a support bodice and a term used in the 18th and 19th century. Now, in nautical terms, a stay is a large, strong rope used to support the weight of the mast of a boat. And given his naval background, I suspect that's why the Queen used that word stay to illustrate very clearly what a mighty tower of support and strength he was to her. Prince Philip also talked about the importance of tolerance in his marriage. After 50 years of marriage, the main lessons we have learned is that tolerance is the one essential ingredient in any happy marriage. He said, you can take it from me, that the queen has the quality of tolerance in abundance. Totally 100% agree with that. Tolerance is one of the key planks to any long and successful marriage. The third thing I want to touch on is the duty and service aspect of their love for each other. In Prince Philip's case, it was the duty and service to the queen and country. Now, we all know that when Prince Philip married the late queen, he had to prioritize and to put her first as queen and monarch. He led his life of duty and service impeccably and with great fortitude and dignity. He gave up his naval career to dedicate his life to the late queen and became her lifelong consort. In fact, I think he was the longest serving British consort until his death in 2021. What a remarkable man. It must have been extremely difficult for him given that he was a, a talented naval officer, but he did it for his great love for her. In public, he walked a step behind her, he never upstaged her, and I read a very amusing story that when he went on one of his travels to Australia, he met a professor and, and his wife, and they were called Mr. and Dr. Robinson. And Mr. Robinson said to Prince Philip, my wife is a doctor of philosophy and is in fact far more important than I am. And he very sort of quick off the mark said, Ah, yes, I too have that problem in our family as well, he said, which I thought was 
very amusing. It must have been an incredible strain at times for him to be a consort. And I'm sure that many couples without such a rock-solid foundation in their marriage could easily have crumbled. But it was clear that Prince Philip enabled the late queen to be who she needed to be through his duty, service and devotion to her. That is pretty special in anybody's book. But the interesting thing is that in their domestic life, Prince Philip was said to be very much the boss man at home and the late queen deferred to him in all family matters. I think the author Ingrid Seawood said that he cooked a mean bacon and eggs dish and was very happy to cook for his his four children when the queen was not around. And I wish my own husband was equally dab-handed in the kitchen. Alas, not. The Prince Philip also kept it very real for the late queen. The queen's former private secretary, Lord Charteris, said that Prince Philip was the only man in the world who treated the queen simply as another human being. And she really valued that. Wow, what a man. It is their life of love, laughter, admiration, respect, devotion, and togetherness, which I think really held them very close together. I think Prince William said in 2002 that Prince Philip always made the late queen laugh with his strong sense of humor. And some of the things he said and did and the way he looked at life was totally unlike that of the Queen's, which, you know, she greatly enjoyed. Together, he said they were an incredibly great couple. I think we all also know that the late Queen was a great mimic. I've only met her a couple of times and sadly never experienced any of her mimicry. But apparently she used to give him endless hours of laughter when she, when she was mimicking others. Prince Harry summed it up really well when he said, regardless of whether my grandfather was doing his own thing, the fact that he was always there, I don't think that she could have done it without him, I think basically summed up the the real essence of their relationship, that their togetherness and the fact that they were each other's scaffolds and they couldn't have done without each other. I now want to touch on the special secret source of ordinary folk like you and me. So like an elephant, I'm always on the hunt to sniff out the special secret sources of happy relationships. So with my love detective hat on, I have compiled some of the answers on my mission to uncover the secret source of people's marriages, burning long and bright. So here goes. The five C's, communication, commitment, compassion, compatibility, and chemistry. Secondly, the four pillars, safety, fidelity, trust, and reliability. Thirdly, the triangle of togetherness, tolerance, and tact. Other sort of wittier tips include things like she's the boss I do as she says admit you are wrong when you are but when you're right just shut up separate bathrooms is a big one people love having separate bathrooms remembering to take out the 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 trash without being reminded or doing the dishes without being reminded the pause live tv button fantastic I use that quite a lot let me share with you now a couple of hashtag get relationship smart tips that are standout takeaways for me. The first thing is that I tend to find that people in 
happy marriages tend to feel great pride in each other. They tend to feel very lucky and very blessed to be each other. The second thing is people who are happily married tend to actively choose to remember or focus on their partner's strength and not their imperfections. Well, I know it's so much easier to focus on our partner's imperfections when they're annoying or have irritating habits. I try super hard to think about that. The 90% of the good stuff my husband does when he does something that's really driving me around the bend. If you are the same, I would love to hear from you. So drop me a line. Let me know what works for you. I'd love to know what your valuable tips are so we can share them all too. In this section, I now want to delve really deep and share my thoughts on what is Charles and Camilla's special secret sauce and delicious flavors enhancing their very successful and incredible love story and understanding how they not only succeeded but thrived to become the golden couple despite all the pressures and obstacles and storms that they have weathered and as a friend put it they have really walked through fire. I want to understand how their love story unfolded, what held them together, how they got through it and stayed through to each other through thick and thin and come up the other side shining. Absolutely nothing could keep them apart as we have seen at their joint coronation. I'm sure the late queen must have shared some great wisdom, no doubt, with both of them. It cannot be easy to be part of this family, not just any family, but the British royal family. And to sustain such a high profile marriage under so much scrutiny and glare, it is another another level of pressure to make it work, let alone be the shining symbol of unity for the nation. But you know what? They have absolutely nailed it. Absolutely central to the success of this power couple's relationship are many things, including their complementary characters, their qualities. And Charles undoubtedly has done everything in his power to ensure the love of his life remains at his side as his wife and his queen. So let's let's talk about what kind of person Charles is. We actually know quite a lot about Charles, the man born and destined to be king and inevitably schooled and shaped by the royal system he was born into. Like his mother, Duty and service comes first, which he pledged at the coronation ceremony. He is said to be a complex, sensitive man, a deep thinker, intuitive, instinctive, a little eccentric perhaps, and bee-friendly. He talks a lot about bees ahead of his time with his outspoken campaign on the environment. And he is also a tireless worker dedicated to improve the lives of others. Charles clearly absolutely adores Camilla, whom he calls his darling wife, his touchstone, his sounding board, the love of his life. Camilla, what kind of person is she? Warm, down-to-earth, friendly, no-nonsense, fun-loving, intelligent, wicked sense of humor, self-deprecating, devoted to her closely-knit family. Are some of the 
wonderful words used to describe this very private woman. She grew up in a close and happy, stable family, which probably explains why she is the way she is. She has, sadly for her, encountered much scrutiny, blame, criticism, and is said to have never imagined the public accepting her, let alone her becoming queen. Apparently, a friend asked her in 2002 what she thought about the prospect of being queen, and she said, you've got to be joking. And she said in an interview to Vogue in 2022, she says, when asked about all the vitriol she received and how she coped with it, she said, I sort of rise above it and get on with it, which cannot have been easy. She's said to have taken it on the chin and ridden the very rough waves, which must have been extremely tough. She clearly has an incredible strength of character and resilience to have survived this extremely trying circumstances few of us could ever imagine being tested under. It certainly takes a a particular kind of strength of character, in my view, and fortitude to withstand the relentless negative press and public scrutiny. Some would say that her difficult journey has been an invaluable preparation for her journey ahead as queen. Not an easy journey, but certainly she has been well prepared for it. I am sure you'll agree that her transformation from mistress to villain to monarch has been one of her greatest absolute triumphs. So, So now let's delve deeper into what is Charles and Camilla's secret sauce. I'm sure you'll agree that there are many similarities with that of the late Queen and Prince Philip. Personally, for me, five main ingredients of their secret sauce stands up. Firstly, their lifelong soulmates. Now, as my daughter asks me, is there really such a thing as soulmates, mummy? I was scratching my head and said, good question. Doing my work as a family lawyer and witnessing marital breakups daily, it is hard to believe in the in the sort of the, the concept of soulmates. But in Camilla, Charles found his soulmate. Giles Brandreth in his book reveals the deep and very strong relationship between them that has survived against all odds. So if they're destined to belong together, the question is, why didn't they marry the first time round? Why did they have to walk this long and winding road before being together? I am convinced that timing and luck plays a crucial role in any relationship success. I really believe that there is someone for everyone at the right moment and at the right time. So I believe that Camilla was super unfortunate in being the right woman for Charles back in the day, but simply at the wrong place and at the wrong time. But fortunately for them, they were extremely lucky to come together again at a later date, at the right time for both of them. And we have just witnessed it ourselves. Or maybe the other question is, was it that destiny played a bigger role in their remarkable love story? Well, we shall never know, but it is still fascinating stuff. The second key standout for me of their secret source is their mantra that for better, for worse, failure is not an option and taking nothing for granted. They have stayed 110% connected to each other and thrived. The thing is, even soulmates 
need to work on their relationship because no strong relationship just happens. Charles and Camilla are clearly super relationship smart for sure and they will have pulled out all the stops and worked out smartly how to keep their relationship going and burning bright through good and bad times laughter and humor is in great abundance in their relationship and Prince Charles revealed this in an interview he did and he said that they laugh a lot which is terrific Laughter, as we know, is generally a super bonding glue in most happy relationships. Prioritizing time together will also be very high in their very extremely hectic lives as working royals. Camilla revealed, again in an interview last year, that they try and find time um, during their very busy moments to have a cup of tea together so that they can sit and chat and touch on you know what they're both up to and... It sounds so simple, right? But actually a super smart move because just even a few minutes together just connects them and makes them, you know, be in touch with each other. The third very important key factor is what I call love pouring out of each other's eyes and making each other feel amazing and loved. Now watch any happy couple and the most obvious telltale sign of their happy relationship is the way that they look at each other, the way way that they lean into each other, the the way that they smile at each other and respond to each other. I see that in Charles and Camilla's relationship. In fact, I see a lot of joy in their relationships. Watch how they look and lean and chuckle at each other and feel totally at ease and relaxed and contented in each other's company. In fact, I was noticing on the balcony on Buckingham Palace as they stood together gleaming in their royal regalia and their matching crowns. They were laughing and chatting and joking with each other and looking so much in love with each other. And as I say, literally with love pouring out of their eyes. I also see an abundance of what I call the three A's in their mutual relationship for each other. By the three A's, I mean mutual attention, adoration, and appreciation in their togetherness. He is said to be penguin-like in his love for her. For those of you who don't know what that means, penguins, when they find a mate, they, they stay together for life, which is such a lovely thing. He's also super proud of her and has said in interviews that she is the best listener. She is said to adore him and looks after him beautifully. In fact, some people have said to me that in fact she is the real catch and not him. Regardless, I think they are lucky to have caught each other and they clearly they clearly bring out the best in each other and make each other feel very loved and cherished. And I'm sure they feel very lucky that they have each other in their lives and blessed as well. I suppose the thing that really struck me was when Camilla's son, Tom Parker Bowles, made a comment about his mother marrying King Charles and saying that Camilla married Charles for love and had no end game in becoming a queen. The fourth special source in Charles and Camilla's relationship is the mantra happy spouse happy life now this is an age-old secret which is very 
prevalent in a lot of very happily married couples. It's very clear this is an an abundance in Charles and Camilla's relationship. They're clearly very temperamentally suited to each other and they provide each other with the emotional scaffold uh, as we've seen by their strong stable partnership. And through their strong stable partnership, it has enabled him to be who he needs to be, which is monarch of Britain. In fact, in an interview, Charles confirmed that when he said, it's always marvelous when you have someone who understands and wants to encourage you in everything you do. The Times Royal correspondent Roya Nicker says that Camilla brings out the happiness and the joy in Charles, which is clearly the case. Their strong sense of duty and service is also a central plank in their relationship. She accepts that's the price she has to pay to be with the man she loves, who happens also to be king, and that she has to be the best supporting partner that she can be, which includes, like Prince Philip, taking a back seat, not upstaging him, and being there for him 100%. Her friend, the, the Marchioness of Lounston, in fact, she was one of the Queen's companions at the coronation, I think sums it up very well when she said they are a fantastic team and they work so well together and the support she gives him is just what he needs. He relies very heavily on her and they have a very special bond. She is there beside him, but also slightly behind him, not competing for his limelight. That's what he needs and that's what she gives him. They also know each other so well and a pat on the back to each other says a million things. Ultimately, he knows that she's there for him and that to him is worth its weight in gold. The other thing to bear in mind is that it must also be super lonely being at the top and with Camilla, he has found a best friend, a lifelong companion, which must be a a huge plus too. When one is a prince and now a king I can imagine it's hard to keep one's feet on the ground and not having been a royal previously like Prince Philip although he was a prince but like Prince Philip in his supporting role of the the late queen she helps to keep him real and she keeps his feet on the ground which is I think a vital part of being a, a queen consort the other thing which I found interesting was the fact that Camilla also maintains a separate dwelling from her, her, her home with Charles. And I, I thought that was a very good, smart move because inevitably in, our, in their very hectic lives, they sometimes having a bit of extra, a bit of a, a space to run to or to think or to be must be very healthy for their relationship too. So that must also be another very special secret source to their relationship. Now, the last... And final point, which I think is probably the most important one, is the fact that they probably have never lost sight of what's truly important to each other. They have clearly strained every sinew to stay committed and focused on being together. Charles insisting very early on that Camilla was a non-negotiable part of his life and that he was never going to give her up basically hammers this home. Alison Pearson, the journalist in the Daily Telegraph, summed it up pretty well 
when she said, now in their mid-70s, Charles and Camilla have known each other for over half a century, which is a very long time. There is a huge comfort in that. For Charles, having someone he can trust or relax with must be an absolute godsend. I now want to talk a little bit about the public opinion of Camilla. I know there will be some who will never be reconciled to her becoming a queen for all that has happened in the past. At the time of her marriage in 2005, she polled negatively, but today she polls positively, but still lower than other senior royals. So public opinion has definitely softened, and I think time is a great healer too. I also know people who have had a complete change of heart um, about her for the, the way she has conducted herself, the way she has made Charles happy. And so I have no doubt that their remarkable love story will go down in history as one of the greatest love stories ever told. It really is an extraordinary story of love prevailing and triumph despite all the challenges and all their traumas. And clearly, as Nietzsche very smartly said, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And it's clearly it has worked for them. Whatever hasn't killed them has certainly made them stronger. We can definitely pocket some of their secret sauce to take away with us and apply to our own relationships. I applaud them for being so relationship savvy and smart. And one cannot help but be inspired by their happiness, dedication, love and commitment to each other, especially in their later life too. I am sure we all wish them so much joy and happiness as they begin this new Carolean era as king and queen of Great Britain. I raise a glass to them. I haven't got a glass here, but I raise a glass to them and toast their happiness. Long live the king and queen. That's it for today. I hope this episode was enjoyable and given you a lot of food for thought in helping us all hashtag get relationship smarter. If you have any great tips you'd like to share on how to hashtag get relationship smarter, I would love to hear from you. So please do get in touch. Also, be sure to sign up for the hashtag get relationship email, which will contain a full summary of the special secret sauce making Charles and Camilla's relationship so deliciously tasty and also some actionable tips that you can take away and pour into your own relationships. This is Sheila, and until the next time, take care, nurture yourself and your loved ones with love and kindness, and come along on our journey to all hashtag get relationship smarter. See you next time. Bye. Thank you.